Good morning, SNWEXP. Fuck that shit. That ain't the intro. Good morning, diehardists. Who's ready to live for your diehard? This is the Shogun the podcast. I'm I am joined by my good friend Six on this episode. SNWEXT56 on the SW Experience Podcast on Anchor, YouTube, Breaker FM, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast from. So here we go. Black label ad. It was you know the, the there's this horse on the loose and the, these dudes chase after it. They managed to stop it and calm it down, and then it like smash cut to the end where it's like calling Black Label, be a man. This, okay, number one, what did anything that happened have to do with beer, dude? Just that whole ad was ambiguous, man. Just what does this horse running around have to do with beer? Just it's funny, the whole, the Gillette ad had more of being a man than <laughs> the black label one. Oh yeah, the, the best a man can get. Yeah, I remember that shit. That was... Uh, hmm. Pretty weird. <laughs> it's a, one is a razor ad, one is a beer ad. Dude. Yeah, but it still got me thinking. Like, I... Because at the end of the ad, I saw the thing, the, you know, be a man, and it just, the question just came to me, like, what does that mean anymore? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, true. Shit. Like, the past, what, 10 years? Shit. Things have shifted. Norms have shifted. But a lot of things have become uh, associated with, like, heteronormative, you know, behaviors. I was previously was like, mm, you can't do that. You're a man. You know. Now, men are getting like manicures. They're they're more, I guess. They're more creative with their fashion. Metrosexual, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole metro wave. I think back then it was kind of. They had to classify it in like a separate entity to to maintain that sort of status quo of masculine and and you know sort of I guess it is toxic masculinity. It really is because you know you're upholding these standards that if you don't fall in line with, you're labeled as a suspicious individual. You know. But now that term, that terminology, it's kind of been washed away. Yeah. It's like anything goes now. Like, what does it mean to you personally, though, when you like think of the phrase, like, "be a man"? Like, like, how would you use that it, it term? Depends. Yeah. It depends on the context, you know. Like, say you had to tell somebody, "Be a man." Because like, there's there's difference. How can I put it? 
there's different layers to it. Maybe look at their look at the layer. Look at their relationship layer, right? Yeah. In that layer, you have you have being being a a good significant other. You have you know fulfilling certain duties that come with being a man in a relationship. You know, you have that level of care, uh, that level of consideration, and pretty much fulfilling love languages, you know, fulfilling love languages, quality time, acts of service, uh, gifting, and, you know, reciprocation, and that, in that case, in that sense, that is the relationship layer. And then you have like sort of okay the professional layer right professional layer is you have a job you do it well you know you you make make friends in the social environment because no one wants to be lonely uh you have these work relationships these interpersonal work relationships you know you build them because building them leads to potential favors down the line you know yeah. person can do a, you know, a, can do a report for you or help you with this, help you with that. You know, it kind of falls in line with the smartest thing to do in a work environment. You know, and then, of course, you also have the family sense of the word. You know, the family one being like, okay, uh, you are the patriarch, you know, you're putting uh, food on the table. Yes, the matriarch does exist, yeah. but you are the patriarch of the family, so you provide. Uh, you make sure certain things are up to standard, you know, uh, be it uh, bills, you know, fees, you know, school fees, whatever it is. Uh, and, funny enough, it kind of bleeds into the relationship sense, but it's more about making sure that your wife is happy. You know, like just it, yeah. Part of that, part of that family one, making sure that the people in your life are happy while providing. You know, because it it, it kind of sets that precedent of uh, absentee parental individual when people talk about how. You know, their parents were too busy working when they were kids. They didn't have time for them. And uh, that kind of created a rift in, in their relationship. And nowadays, as adults, they're not really as close as their parents. And they're, they're not as close with their parents because, you know, of the past. So I think part of that, you have to maintain those things, make sure that they are fulfilled, that like, like those sort of, those duties as parental figure as a family man revealed you know spending time with your kids you know uh and then also again the whole wife thing you know just making sure that your marriage is afloat that it's it's going well it's healthy so you're it's both nurtured, happy it's cared for yeah. it's attended to uh and then there's the social one social just in terms of like friends and being a good friend, being an available friend when possible, um, you know, just spending time with your friends and not actively trying not to be a bad friend, 
maintaining those social commitments in that sense of the word. You know, so there's multiple layers. And most of them just kind of, kind of correlate to being a good person or being the best you can be. Yeah, that's a really good, solid assessment of like, you know, hey, this is what it means to essentially be a man. Not like, there's, like you said, there's different ways to look at it. Like, okay, there's, like there's the, um, hey, this is what it means to be one of the boys, or this is what it means to like be a dude or whatever, but like a man, it's like, that's kind of different yeah. to all that. You know, it doesn't really slot into those brackets. It's its own thing. And nowadays, you're right, it's not as self-centered as it used to be. It's not, it's no longer a case of like, okay, you're the man, so you got to get a job. You got to pay the bills. You got to do this and that, this and that. You're the head of the table, whatever. You know, it doesn't mean what it used to. The personally, like, in the past you would hear the phrase like be a man when it's like whenever you show it some kind of weakness or something because that would be that would normally be the only reason to bust it out like you know like toughen up be a man yeah like you're not allowed weakness yeah uh another thing like that kind of cracks me up nowadays but like uh, men don't cry just (laughs) like fuck you man men cry okay Definitely. Uh, I, okay, I can see some of that. Like, okay, men don't cry over small shit. Okay, I can get that. No, my man's not gonna cry because, like, are oh, you crazy or me or whatever? A kid is understandable, sure, but like a grown ass man, nah, dude, get get up, just. Exactly. But you know, the idea that men don't cry ever or show any weakness or emotion is bullshit. Cause I remember. Like my my grandfather on my dad's side passed away, and dude, I up until that day I had never seen my dad cry. Like I had never seen him cry, and in that moment, he was not weak. He was he was human, and like it shows. Yeah, like even crying is strength. yeah, crying takes a lot of it takes a lot of you letting go of certain things that make you have this level of. Uh, shame to do it. It takes a lot of strength to cry. It takes strength to be weak, to be vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, um, plus it also falls into that that toxic masculinity thing. When I first started like yeah. looking into that, I just thought it was bullshit. I was just like, nah, some like some chick made this up somewhere. To like diss dudes because she doesn't like men that was just the attitude back then but then i started running into it like running into people like, that are, that fit this description I'm like fuck like men are toxic as fuck at times yep hey. it's crazy yeah it is dude. and again it's it's sort of a it's a side cell indoctrination yeah, you grow up believing that sort of things, you know, like just like being a man is what it's a role that you have to fill, and anything less than, or just like you know, it ain't good enough, man. Like you just, yeah, yeah. 
even like mothers, man. Like mothers, mothers definitely perpetuate some of that shit, even when they don't need to. Like when it comes to the, um, like when you see in a film the the strong single parent, you know, like there's this belief like, oh, you gotta be the mom and the dad. Just, I mean, I can get how it's empowering in some way to be like, okay, she's she was a single mom, she raised a kid all by herself, and you know, there's a message to that. But then it's like, is that really a good thing? That she did that all by herself. It doesn't. It, it doesn't work. I, I didn't hear the last. No, I was just asking, like you know, the, a strong, independent woman raising a kid by herself. But it's like it also raises this thing of like, is that really a good thing though? That you did this all it's by yourself. Because you were never supposed to raise a kid by yourself in any in any case. Yeah. The only the only reason or the oh. only time where that is applicable is if the other parent is no more. You, you, you get what I mean? Yeah. That is... But if the parent is living and is not trying to perform an act of co-parenting, that's just selfishness. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Like the the deadbeat dad trope. That, plus, there's another thing, dude. Exactly. You see that a lot. You hear a lot of stories where, like, the... Oh, the deadbeat dad. Like, he had a... He gave... Made this woman pregnant and then he ran out. How it's rare to see you know, like the dead you know what me? Yeah. It's the fact that it's so prevalent in the black community. And it's just it's internationally. It's like it's it's in America obviously, you know, they have deadbeat dad jokes and comedy. But even in South Africa, you know, South Africa it's like one uh, women get pregnant like every every like thirty two seconds in this country. And it's like the fathers, well, you know, Pregnancy is a two-way procedure, you know. It's not it's not a spontaneous, you know, asexual breeding thing. There is a man, but most of the time, the man doesn't stick around. And it's just, it's sad. It's sad that we are the perpetrators of that to such a high degree than any other race on the planet. It's, yeah, it gives us a bad name. It really does give us a bad image as people. Yeah, because when you think of the deadbeat dad, more often than not, you're going to think of a black guy. Yeah, black guy and a wife beater. He has an old ass car, spends money on women every weekend, money he doesn't have. Yeah. Jesus. But then again, with that stereotype in, like, prevalent in, like, many people's live stories and in film and TV, like, it's rare you see, like, the deadbeat mom, dude, like, because there are cases where the mom is the one who bailed. Yeah, I think the only reason why it's rare is because most of the time when women become single mothers, it's because they are abandoned during the pregnancy period. So they themselves can't abandon the kids because they're the only thing that they have. Yeah. You mostly see a deadbeat mom in instances where you have, you know, a couple that is together. And then one day, after it being so bad for so long, the mother packs up and leaves and leaves the kid with the father, which then creates a deadbeat mom. Yeah. Essentially, you can't have a deadbeat mom without a, without an initial successful relationship, 
which is the man and the woman living together in the same house. Yeah. Although, to be f in this day and age, it's like, I mean, the man and the woman can have the kid, but like, now it's like, oh, the parents can be anybody. Man and a man, woman and a woman. It's just, you know, whatever works. Hey, did you hear that thing about, um, like, they, like, this one cinema somewhere tried to fast forward through this one same sex scene in the Lightyear movie? No, there's uh apparently in that you know that Lightyear movie um, it's it's yeah, not, yeah it's not inspired by the toy but it's like in the toys. yeah yeah it's in the Toy Story universe and that inspires Buzz yeah well the creation of Buzz but yeah 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 that movie apparently there's a a same sex scene in that movie and this one cinema you know most cinemas they just cut that cut scenes like that out. Apparently, this one cinema somewhere actually fast tried to fast forward through that scene. Damn, that would be so annoying and jarring. Dude, it's just, you're just like sitting there, movies going at a regular pace, characters coming together, then all of a sudden, like what the, like. Ooh. You know, it's funny. I think in this case, Marvel deserves, you know, it deserves a little bit of respect if you if you, if you really think about it. Dude. Let's look at it this way. Movies that did not come out in theaters all over the world was uh, The Eternals. Wait, was The Eternals? I'm not sure. But it, it just basically, it was MLM because of Miss, Miss uh, Marvel, Miranda Chavez, and Thought Out of Thunder because of Valkyrie. And I think also No Way Home. Is it No Way Home? I'm not sure. I don't think it has anything going on there. But, but yeah, certain movies were not put in uh, China, Russia, certain African countries because Marvel one refused to allow them to censor whatever thing that they'd have a problem with, and two, they refused to add in scenes that would perpetrate a certain a certain propaganda. Like you know, in the past, Marvel added would add some some scenes with Asian people to appeal to the Chinese government, the CCP, and with that, allow, allow the movie to be, to be broadcast in that circuit, in that, in that territory, in that country. Such scenes like Iron Man 3, when, you know, we see the doctors operating on Tony, they're all Asian doctors. And then you also see the scene in Age of Ultron, where Helen Cho is introduced, and of course, Helen Cho just being a, you know, a plot, uh, you know, a plot this to appeal yeah. to the Chinese government. But I think now, with the way things have been going on in China, and you know, certain certain sanctions of products and services, just like Russia, you now have Marvel refusing to add in scenes with the Asian people purely for the sake of appealing to the CCP, which means the CCP will not, by any means broadcast that particular movie of the, of the MCU in the movie circuits, which means effectively we have been losing out on China for the past year and a half now, pretty much on China's box office. And No Way Home performed as good as it did, even without China. Now imagine China was in the fold. You would have been crazy. Yeah. Like, take Fast 7. Most of Fast 7's revenue came from China. That's what helped the movie get, get over a billion you know, dollars. China alone 
is responsible for, for approximately $700 million in ticket sales. Now, now removing China creates, you know, kind of creates a sinkhole, you know, an empty space in the, you know, in the, in the movie industry, in, in the, in the, in the box office, yeah. you know, sort of math. So obviously with China, if you don't add it, if you don't add some, some Chinese propaganda, and, if, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be propaganda. It just has to be some Chinese content. If you don't add it in, it will take your movie. And if you, if you, if you don't cut the gay scenes, and they also will play it in places like Russia, in places like Sudan, Angola, Malawi, many, many, Egypt as well, many countries, even Moonlight. They, I'm not sure where, what scene it was, what it was. Yeah, but Moonlight got banned. Yeah. They borrowed Moonlight from Egypt because of some scenes, I think, with Oscar Isaac. I'm not sure. But basically, it didn't show in Egypt. And obviously, MOM didn't show Egypt because of the same, you know, obviously, Miss Marvel was wearing the pride flag on her, I mean, on her jacket. With know, Moon Knight, it's fucking ironic it's considering a large Marvel chunk of that story. Them for yeah. They're not going to allow these countries to, to sort of cut them in vision, you know, short and sort of, you know, fast forward or whatever it is. And it kind of surprises me that, that that's the other, which, I mean, it was probably in America. Because I don't think um, Disney and Marvel would give a country a certain movie and then Let them allow edit. them Just... to sort of, uh, yeah, uh, allow them to manipulate them. Yeah. Did in the case so of... where that yeah. happened, where that happened most definitely would have had to have been within America. Because you know, you know, there's still some racist states in America. It's pretty much, it's a, it's a hit and miss in America. Some states they're accepting, some states is we don't allow your kind here. So that probably had to have to be in America because I don't think Disney would have allowed that if it was another country. Yeah, and it was yeah. Oklahoma. Weird. It was the Oklahoma. U.S. You're right. It was Oklahoma. The theater that tried to fast forward it was this it was this theater in oklahoma yeah that makes more sense yeah just i mean we'd be if if disney and marvel were that greedy for money they'd still ship the movies to those countries where certain things aren't allowed and then they'll just say you know what here's a movie play it give us the money just cut whatever shit you don't want if if they were truly you know evil and cynical and out for money but hey they very much have that level of integrity that should be, it should be, you know, applauded because not that many movies sort of cater to that. It's easy to do that when you have that fuck you money that Disney has. Just saying. Pretty much. Yeah. Same thing with, um, this is a, there's a stupid request that China made, dude. Like just like the Chinese government, doesn't make silly requests it's normally a thing like oh um this part of the movie doesn't align with our views or whatever whatever but this is dumb there's this one about yeah. no way home it was uh the chinese government requested that like marvel change the third act so that it doesn't take place the statue of liberty like yeah they wanted to be like uh, the great war or something something asian like the fuck that's the entire third act of the movie like 
That's asking for too much, in my opinion. That's too much. Like, you're asking, I mean, isn't it enough that we have Bandit One? You know? Like, but no, they want an entire fight scene dedicated to the country. When 10 years ago, they were happy with a couple of doctors in a room operating on Tony Stark. Yeah. But, dude, I mean, that's just. If it was like, it's hey, asking, there's it's this. asking for more, in yeah. my opinion. It's asking for way more. Because normally it's like change this one thing in a scene that is easily changeable. Yeah. But this is like the movie's third act. That's like half an hour, man. That's half an hour of CG. It's reasons. a major part of the plot. Major part of the plot dedicated to a country. Fuck that. Fuck that, man. Like just. I'm glad they didn't agree because that's that's outrageous. Also, it wouldn't make sense in terms of the story. Like, why would you be in China? Seriously. Like, why would Peter Parker and them just up and move to China? Just Yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, even even, even Shang-Chi, they were angry about. Really? You'd think they'd love that shit, man. Yeah. The the thing is, most of them were like, oh, Simu isn't handsome. You know, because you know how in China they have this very weird thing with beauty. You know, a lot of them get surgery. A lot of them, you know, do their noses, their eyes most of them hate looking Chinese and what they basically said was uh, Simu Liu is not a conventionally attractive Chinese man he's ugly and they wanted him to be recast and Marvel was like hell no they were like okay cool fuck you we're not going to show this movie in, in the country yeah that's definitely that's really weird man. so it's it's a very it's very weird I don't get that. Even when, like, the movie is, like, seemingly catered to them, and you think they'd be good with it, there's still something where they're like, nah, we don't like this. Like, just... Uh, and, oh. even, and even the whole thing, um, they also wanted some more, you know, uh, uh, I guess, what's the word? They wanted more Asian propaganda in Shang-Chi. So all of that was sort of, it was like a decision to be like, okay, we're not going to release this in mainland, right? Beijing and them can get it, but mainland, no. Because I think they had the same thing with Mulan. They hated Mulan. Yeah, Jesus Christ, they I hated Mulan. That. Icon. Yo, that, was a, like, that was a wild one. Because you would think that... Uh, you know, a movie that that sort of paid homage to the Asian culture, you know, the Chinese culture, would be so beloved as much as the anime movie was. But no, they hated it. They hated how it portrayed them as these savages and, and marauders. And... It was a shit show. I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but they just hated how it portrayed them as the Chinese people. Yeah. I could see that just you know you don't want people thinking of you in that negative light that of something that happened hundreds of years ago and people thinking oh that's and probably it, how it is now and it literally happened in the movie as well so it's like how are you gonna get mad at this movie when the other movie did it 20 23 years ago like make up your mind yeah they don't know what they want it's tough yeah. though man to like try to please well, the thing is, because for a while, like, it, the rule was, if you want your movie to do well, you need to crack China. Like, 
and the best way to get with that Chinese box office is like set your movie there or have something in there that plays to that yeah dude just like um there's so many movies that normally that didn't really do that well in america because it was because of that these movies didn't do that well in america but when they got to china they did a ton of money like like that was pretty much the earlier marvel movies they sucked in america because america was still you know busy with dc and busy with other action franchises that had more success at that point in the mcu but then before you knew it america began to watch the mcu as well like i remember when the dark knight came out that movie made a billion dollars in like a couple of weeks avengers was a bit slow to the party however at the end at the very end what you what you saw was people in china embracing the avengers and they liked these characters and oh iron man he was in the last movie you know with the asian people and cool but now it's just like we can kind of we can live without china now we can survive without china because the world has been accustomed to such a degree yeah things like um you know that movie terminator genesis which is weird because you think oh it's it's a terminator movie like of course they're gonna love it and it's gonna take absolute bank but it didn't it made it made more money in worldwide sales than it did domestically and most of those sales was from china and like you said yeah it's weird because it's their own franchises, man. It's not like a foreign movie trying to break America, in. America can disappear into like maybe four quadrants. You have your, you have your true nerds, right? Nerds, nerds, nerds. You, you know, you have your Star Wars nerds, right? Yeah. Then you have your comic nerds. But back there, there was mostly DC really the party. So if it wasn't DC, it wasn't good. You know, you had Batman, you had Superman, you had you know, the successful TV shows. Marvel was kind of late to the party in terms of success. I mean, yes, when the, when the, when the 2000s began, we began to, you know, we, we started to be a little bit more, uh, you know, up there. We finally joined the party, you know, the blockbuster party. But DC still had their hands held tight. You know, we had X-Men, Spider-Man, but they had the Dark Knight and Smallville, and uh, the success of the previous movies from the previous years, obviously nixing any, any one of Schumacher's films. But yeah. DC was still the king in terms of movies. And of course, the Northern films came out, and they were a huge success. You know, like 800-something for Batman Begins, a billion for The Dark Knight, another billion and some change for The Dark Knight Rises. Those movies were cracking billions before Marvel could even crack it. 800 million, you know what I mean? Yeah. Avengers was still on the way, yeah. We're sort of saturated in a superhero genre. People have started to gravitate away from most of them that aren't immediately connected to Marvel or DC. That just, look at how, look at how mediocrely Bright Bunt did. Didn't do that well. That was an actually good movie. Yeah, it was a good movie, but it wasn't Marvel or DC. So, so people were like, okay, no thanks. Yeah. And uh, obviously now, you know, Star Wars, it's kind of a half and half. People love the prequels and the sequels, but not really because it's Disney. 
people feel like Disney ruined Lucasfilm. I don't know about that personally. I don't agree. But you know, people are very picky in America, and it it feels to me like the action genre, like the blockbuster genre, pioneered by people like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, uh, Willis. That genre is kind of dead. It's dead. Yeah. It's mostly superhero movies now. No, honestly, just yep. or if you do make a decent action movie, it probably winds up straight to DVD. Or straight to streaming. Yeah. I think the last proper action movie I saw was Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, that was. And even then, that was like that was like a resurgence of a dead genre. You know what I feel? I feel like. The only person who could have who could have done it just exceptionally in that genre had it not died, had it not died, was like uh, people like Scott Adkins yeah. and Scott Eastwood. Yeah, it definitely those, those few celebrities they would have done well in the action genre had it not died. Yeah. But it did, so they went straight to DVD and straight to TV movies. It sucks. I just looked up the like top ten grossing like action movies of like twenty twenty one. The top four are Marvel movies, dude. Just yep, that's wrong. If, if, if it's not Marvel, it's Disney. So so basically, it's like it's 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 Marvel. It's a Disney animatic. It's a Pixar animatic, or it's a sci-fi thing. Some random sci-fi thing based on an maybe established it, franchise. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Made by like um, made by ILM or uh, what? I don't know. Just some some good VFX studio. Well, you mean like Dune? Yeah. If it's if it's it's not Marvel or Disney or Pixar. It's something independent and something sci-fi and something made by a good sci-fi studio. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's either Sony or Paramount or one of those ones. Yeah. Fox is dead, so they can't do anything anymore. I mean, they're dead, but they're alive. It's weird. I mean, twentieth century they're studios. Not Fox, they're just twentieth. Yeah. Yeah, they're just twentieth now. So, and even there, they don't even make movies. Like, they haven't made a movie since the movies that they kept releasing that was still under the Fox slate. So they don't even crack the top twenty in terms of movie releases and box office. Not entirely true. Uh, there's one, uh, Free Guy. That was a twentieth century studios film. I mean, it did it not have did not have some uh, some Disney touch as well. Oh, it did. It did, yeah. but like that's the thing. I mean, it's that. I think since the majority of the movie, I think since the majority of it was completed while at Disney, you can technically classify it as a Disney film. Yeah, and they only started filming after the sale went through, so it's technically a Disney yeah. film. So yeah, it's pretty. It's it's pretty much that. Like it's landlocked. It sucks. 
but I think now I would, would like movies like Avatar 2 coming out. Obviously, James. I mean, James Gunn used to be Mr. Cinema. I mean, hello, his movie was one was Once Upon a Time, the highest movie of all time. Two of those movies, Titanic and Avatar. But now, I think while while I don't think it's a it's a it's a return to form, it's definitely opening up the industry once more. But it is not a return to form. Make no mistake. Not a fan of the Suicide Squad. Thing is, I am. But box office wise, it's like number seven, number eight. Dude, it made less money than the first Suicide Squad. Just actually, I missed one. If it's not okay, so if it's not Marvel, Disney, Pixar, or an independent sci-fi, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Warner Brothers has some good performing movies, but those movies are not DC. Yeah. You got just so Godzilla vs. Kong and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong was like, uh. What? Dude, that's a lot. Shit. Out of. Damn, overall, it's like. Okay, I can't count this number, man. Like, I'm shooting with comments. It's. I don't know. Uh, I think I think it's that I think it's though personally my theory I I blame Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight cuz personally I blame Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy for that cuz there was no studio interference on that project and it made like a fuck ton of money it showed DC like hey there's money to be made on this superhero movies so you know, and then when they gave Snyder Man of Steel, and it didn't make the kind of money that Chris Nolan's Batman did, they were like, we need to step in. You know? Yeah. And that's when that's it started. Theory. That's, that's a good theory. Yeah. Which is very weird, because you look at Iron Man 1. <laughs> Iron Man 1 made like $630 million. It didn't make a lot of money. No, in fact, it was less than that. It was 2008, it was like yeah. It was like number eight in the box office. 585.8 million dollars. That was Iron Man Hancock 1. Iron Man. Hancock. Will Smith Hancock. When that movie came out in summer of 08, it was number eight in the box office movies. It was beaten by movies like Hancock, movies like The Dark Knight, obviously. That made a billion. It was beaten by so many movies in 2008. He was beaten by Toy Story 3, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hancock did better, that's how you know. And they didn't give up. They were one movie in, new studio, and they didn't give up. The movie made half a billion. Yeah. DC's first movie, first movie, it makes over half a billion. It makes 668. That's not bad at all. It's your first movie, my guy. It's your first movie. And they're just like, oh, it didn't make Avengers level money. No, it didn't make Dark Knight levels money. We need to step in and fix this. Just, 
No, it's the first film. Nobody's first film makes that kind of money. Avengers money till the Avengers. Like what the hell? Dude. Uh. So funny how Warner Brothers thinks. Uh, funny how the executives think. Jesus, dude. Like I Man One had like a hundred and twenty million dollar budget, and it made back five hundred and eighty-five million. That's way more. That brought back the investment. It justified sequels, and and then some. Yeah. Just, dude. And Man of Steel made a bigger made a bigger profit. But they were like, uh uh-uh, next movie we're gonna interfere. Yeah. The next and movie. Even that. Yeah, you know, initially the next movie wasn't supposed to be BVS. It was supposed to be Man of Steel two. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Just, <sighs> it's so it's so bewildering how little trust they had in their own universe. What bites even more is that it was working. The movie didn't bomb. It didn't underperform. It just, you know, didn't make no, Avengers level anywhere. money. You know what I think happened? They thought, because, okay, obviously, let's be honest. Let's be fully honest. Characters like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor were not premier popular characters, right? Yeah. They weren't. However, those movies made some money and they resulted in a universe that created more money. Now, you look at a person like Superman, right? Superman is DC's baby. That's that's their bread and butter, you know? That's their... Superman, as, as a character, was at some point the most popular superhero on the planet. Everyone knew him, you know? Yeah. If you go to Uganda, show a picture of Clark you know, of Superman, and they'll say, Superman, you can go anywhere. So I think because of that, they thought that Superman's sheer popularity would would grant them an instantaneous billion out the gates just because of how famous he is. Yeah. Just... And when it, when it didn't, when he didn't, they were like, well, if our, if our best-selling character can't make a billion from a director's own effort, then we have to step in and make it make a billion. Which is the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. I just want to know the train of thought that went from, let's do a sequel to Superman, and jump, and skip that, and jump straight to, let's have Batman and Superman be the second movie. Just... Well, thing is, that was, that was what they thought a billion would bring in. Dude. Also, keep in mind, around the same time, now, Civil War was coming up. Like, so, I think yeah, that had something to do with it. Because now it's, it's, it's two of the most famous characters with the third famous one in one movie. They thought that would definitely be a billion. And then after that, after that, they were like, Mm-mm, Zach, you are not making the next movie without us. You need us because you can't make a billion. You used three of our most popular characters... And you still failed. We're definitely getting involved in the next movie. Much more than what we did in this one. And then came Justice League. Just... Yep. I mean, Wonder Woman was in between all that. But, I mean... Eh... Not a whole lot going on there. I think Wonder Woman had begun... 
in tandem of BVS, because it came out 2017. Yeah. I think Parody had already had her creative control way before the, the executives could dig their filthy nails in the character and the movie as a whole. I promise you, if Wonder Woman had come out in like 2019 or 2018, that movie would have had so much studio interference, it would have been a flop. Yeah. Patty's version would have been washed down the gutter like paint. There is a little bit of interference because with that third act, like, because yeah. the, the dude, like, there was a fight with the... Ares. Yeah, Ares. Like, Patty Jenkins didn't want just Wonder Woman fighting a bunch of CGI. And, like, the studio was like, nah, the movie has to have, like, this big third act finale with, you know, Ares and shit, physically juking it out, as opposed to Wonder Woman getting, like... I don't know the moral victory i guess and like getting the soldiers to drop arms or whatever like nah she needs a, a physical threat that she can punch you know just uh, like it's not enough that she's literally fighting in world war ii which is yeah hmm. you see uh, i don't know why no one has thought to fire the executives but anyway, who's in a fire the executives? They'd have to resign themselves. You can't really fire an executive. Yeah. I mean, Warner Brothers could probably do some internal shuffling, but yeah, it's hard to get rid of people if they're at the top. You know what I mean? Yeah, it took a while to get a new head of creative, man, for like Walter Hamada and them to actually show up. It took a while, man. Yep. It's tough. What's weird, though, is that, you know, they didn't let Zack Snyder direct, like, his version of Justice League initially, but they had him as an executive producer on everything else. Like, look through the credits of Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman, even all the way up to Wonder Woman 84. Like, he's there. I think think a lot of that, and obviously um, certain movies did this better than others. But as much as certain movies were different, a lot of them still had to have that input by Zach. So by that virtue, he, 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 he had signed on as an executive producer. So the movie would be distributed using his channels. And through that, he also has an input on, okay, Batman acts like this, Batman acts like that. Okay, this is how you do this, is how you do this character. This is how you do Harley, whatever it is. Yeah, because... So... So as to not deviate from what he had created. Because Wonder Woman is Zack's baby, you know. PVS. Paddy adapted Zack's Wonder Woman. So it's kind of like he still had to make sure that certain characters acted the same way. And that they weren't totally different. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense. Because even with, um, like, in the one film, I think, I don't know if it was BVS or the first version of justice league but uh like ben affleck was brought in as a producer because if you remember back then he was set to direct write and star in a batman movie and they didn't want like okay his batman movie to be different from like the batman they had in their movie so he was a producer on that too you think that movie would have been good i mean we already got like pattinson's batman but like you think if we'd gotten yeah 
So now this is the Batman. Yeah, like Batman. Ben Affleck's the Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember because uh, who, who who did they have? Was it was it Goya? Was it David Goya? David S. Goya. Yeah. Was no, the, yeah, if was the director was supposed to be Ben Affleck, but then he stepped down, and that's when Matt Reeves yeah, came and in. And then, yeah, and then Reeves came in, and then, and then it was Goya and Affleck writing the scripts. Yeah. Goya helping Affleck. And even then, there were creative, creative differences and creative disagreements. And even then, after that, you also had him biting hands with Matt Reeves, and then he just left altogether because there's too much stress. Yeah. Because it's a lot of work. Not, it's not only a lot of work directing a movie, but producing in it, yeah. writing it, and yeah. starring in it. It's just that's a lot for one dude. Yeah. So I can get. And it, it, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't even make it better that um, you had his experience on Justice League in tandem with his divorce, in tandem with his alcoholism. Which you can clearly see in reshoots where he has he has gained significant weight hey, in rough. his face and Some his body. He's bloated. Yeah. He's, you can tell his his skin is flushed out. You had the divorce, the alcoholism, the way we didn't treat him on set, that that trauma. He didn't want any more superhero nonsense in his life. He was done with it. He was fully done with it. Plus, because I think it was more noticeable that his physique, like, kind of, you know, diminished. Because in BVS, there was that sequence where he was, like, training and, you know, beating up tires. Like, he was ripped in that scene. And then you see him in BVS, it's like, even Even earlier than that, you, you have the initial trailer, right, for Justice League. The teaser, the one that Zack made. Yeah. You have a Bruce Wayne who looks exactly like his BBS counterpart. And of course, that trailer and that footage would have been filmed just before Garner filed for divorce and just before Ben started drinking again. So he was still in his tip-top physical health and in his personal best, like the best he's ever looked. And then when the actual movie comes out and these reshoots are mixed in, you see an Affleck who's much different than the trailer. You see a wig that isn't as good, doesn't sit in the same place. His his skin is red, his face is bloated, he's puffy. He looks tired in every scene that involves any bit of action. He's heaving. You can you can definitely tell that this is something that changed. Yeah, like um, I think for me it was most prevalent that he'd fallen out of shape in that one scene where like um he was you know like after they got beat up by superman and you saw him in his suits and i was just like wait yeah. a minute this suit's kind of like looks kinda round. yeah it's kind of round just like just in the yeah. other one it was it was like i don't know it was you could see abs and shit man like just they weren't carved into the suit or anything but now it's like yo like what's going on, man? Like just, and you're right. His face was kind of red, though. Like that scene when when he was on the jet talking to Alfred was. There's yeah. scenes where he looks different. He looks different in many scenes that's, of that that's movie. That's what happens when you drink a lot. Because you know when you get drunk, it's your blood being diluted by the actual, you know, the actual, you know, uh, 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 the 
actual yeah. cells, right? The alcohol. Yeah. You know, it it, it, it kind of thins your blood and it, it kind of makes you, you know how when you drink, you feel warmer, your body feels yeah. warmer. Because it, it's literally your blood yeah. circulating in a faster succession. Mm-hmm. And of course, when white people have that happen to them, their skin becomes redder. But with us, we can't look the same because we're black. You know, it's melanin. Yeah. But with white people, the blood it's is visible. Visible. Yeah, especially and if it's like I remember he was an alcoholism. Yeah. That there would be times where he'd be drinking on set in his trailer, and then he'll film a scene just to sort of. It was mostly because of the stress caused by Charles Whedon that increased his level of drinking because he was really drinking a lot to begin with because of the you know the whole divorce proceedings and whatnot and the split from Jennifer Garner. But yeah. it's just Whedon only exacerbated that too much to to a, such a higher degree. And then now it's just like in those scenes you can clearly see what what kind of toll drinking had on him. Yeah. I remember um, after the movie came out and he was like, you know, he didn't want anything to do with superhero movies anymore. After like all the backlash that came from it, it was just like, there was this feeling of like, you know, on Twitter it was like, guys, I think we broke Ben Affleck. Like just, this is. And they did, hey. Dude. And he, it's, it's definitely Warner Brothers for not protecting actors, right? Yeah. And that's the one thing. Warner Brothers as a studio did not protect their actors. It's Warner Brothers, it's it's Hamada, it's people who are trying to cover it up, it's Whedon, it's... Yeah, it sucks. What's weird is it's not... It, I can't entirely say that it's Warner Brothers because their other projects didn't have this flag, but Justice League had the most, like, interference. Whereas if you look at the Suicide yeah. Squad... Not like uh, Gun Suicide Squad. I mean, Air Suicide Squad. There was interference there, yeah. but not to the same degree. Yeah. I think what, what the only reason why I say one about this is because they actively protected Joss, even even during his, his ill treatment of the cast. Yeah, I think it was mainly down to we can't have another director like walk out on us because. Zack Snyder walked out for personal reasons. I totally get stepping away. But, like, I think from WB's perspective is we are too close to the release date. We've sunk too much money. We can't afford another director walking out. So let's keep him here however we can. Even if it's putting up with his bullshits or whatever. Just so long as the movie gets there on due date, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh, until it fucking did and the movie came out made less money than BVS just until it did disgusting oh jeez oh man just but they're definitely to blame yeah this thing about like putting money above all else is just yeah speaking of like WB putting money above, above all else did we really need a Matrix 4 if we'd never gotten a Matrix 4 and just like jump straight to, hey, let's reboot the franchise, would we have been better off? No one, no one asked for it. That's the thing. No one asked for it. There wasn't a, 
there wasn't some sort of fan petition. There was none of that. Most of what this is, and again, I think I think people have definitely said before, is that studios are digging into their inventory, and they're sort of they're profiteering off of you know certain properties because they have they are now creatively bankrupt. And that's true. It's true. Most studios are creatively bankrupt. It's mostly re- it's mostly reboots. It's reboots. It's it's new sort of. Uh, yeah, it's, it sucks. It sucks because it kind of what what you would see as an original story does not come as often anymore. Yeah. It's either a reboot or a sequel or a continuation. Though, like, same question though. Would we have been better off if they just rebooted The Matrix instead of giving a straight up sequel? Thing is, rebooted it with who, with what? I mean, it's a reboot, so, you know, it's the same story. We're just like, you know. And, and, and that's the thing, because. A lot of that story was wrapped up, in a sense of the word, neatly, you know, with a bow, back then. So now, what would you, where would you start the story? It's uh, complicated. Because, well, personally, I mean, if it were me, since The Matrix was like a 90s story, like, you know, just, and like Neo was just a guy... Working in an office, you know, I hate my fucking job, you know, whatever. Yep. Just do that, but, like, bring it into the present day. Instead of having him, like, sitting in a fucking cubicle or something, you know, using dial-up phones or whatever. Still, like, have him be a dude in a miserable job. And in comes Morpheus is like, you know, hey, the world you're living in isn't real. Wake up. Like, just... Like the next person, Basically. Basically. Yeah. Now here's here's my question: Does the next person have to be the next Neo? No, they don't. They don't really. Fucking Neo wasn't the next Neo. What would you, what would you have? Yeah, Neo is the Neo. Yeah. What would you have them do? I don't know, man. Just you like you finish what they started in the first one, with like. Yeah. You know, like, oh, with Neo be you know how that first movie ended, it's like, you know, they were going to take the fight to the machines. Like, actually have them take the fight to the machines. Like, like that movie ends with him flying off into the sky, like he's going to go kick ass. And the next movie just begins like, oh, well, we're just, we're still living in Zion. We're, there's still millions plugged in. You know, the machines are coming to get us still. Just, you know. Like, actually have them full-on take the fight to them, you know? Just... Do things, yes. Yeah. I get it. It could have worked. I mean, problem is, who'd be Neo? Because Keanu Reeves was kind of like a rare find. Like... Exactly. He was... He was the right actor at the right time to do what he did. Yeah. I mean, the original choice was Will Smith, but like, hey, that would have been a different yeah, movie. Will, Will wouldn't have held up. 
He wouldn't have held up, given all the time that's passed. Will is kind of good in certain roles. But, oof. Like, okay, does does Will hold up in Independence Day? Hmm. Does, I mean, does his acting hold up? Does his acting hold up? Because that's early. That's early. Will yeah, starts. that's like Bad Boys. I mean... He wasn't fresh off of Fresh I mean, Prince, Bad Boys but it's worked. like, yeah, that Bad worked. Boys worked because of what it was. Yeah. But Will, in a more challenging role that isn't so cut and dry, it's tougher. You don't think Will can be the essentially the Jesus Christ type, you know, like? Hell no. Well, not then, at least. Will had. Will basically played himself in every role up until Ali. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. And and then you compare it to like Keanu. Like you look at him in uh, Wayne's World. You look at him in what's this? What's the one with the the Devil's Advocate? Yeah, without Pacino. You know, yeah. you look at him in Speed. That's a different is, guy in every is a movie. a different person every time. You know? Yeah. That man had acting chops that made, made, that made it possible for him to be considered for this role, to be, to be considered for the role where he could act as a different person altogether. But a lot of Bullsmith was back then, oof, just Bullsmith. Yeah. Like you can take Mark Lowry, you can take Mark Lowry and put him in Independence Day. It's nearly the same character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Leroy Jenkins. And here we go. Desposito, yeah. So it truly is inviting you trust. Mm-hmm. But with, um, what was I going to say? Thing is, with like WB, I remember asking you, like, since like Discovery, their new like partner company, like teaming up with them, is like, we want to reboot the DC film universe, start fresh. And I asked you, is it going to work? Are you still of the opinion that it won't work, even though they're starting completely from scratch? I think people have lost all hope DC. It's kind of like what happened in the 90s. They need to give it some time to breathe. Yeah. Because there was a while I mean, where we didn't have Batman. Exactly. There was a while where we didn't have Superman. And, Just... and, even, and even then, you know, it wasn't that long, you know, because it, it, it was a decade. It was Batman Forever, 95, and then Batman Begins, 05. So, yeah, 10 years is good enough for them to forget the monstrosity they came before. Yeah. And then we started fresh. Can you believe that in the last... 10 years we've had three different guys play Batman, three different Jokers, just... And it just 
mean, come on, salaries. Actual yeah, salaries. that's a lot. That's a huge chunk of that money is the actor's salary. But I think sometimes they separate it. Because people like, let me see, what does Grant get these days? So Grant Gaston, at this point, of season eight and nine, gets $200,000 per episode. Hmm. Thought he'd be making more than that. I mean, with CW. But there is season eight, dude. I mean, it's The Flash. Just it's 200 grand. Compared to, compared to Johnny Sheen, two and a half million salary, he was getting 1.2 million per episode. To be fair, like, dude was the highest paid actor on TV at one point. 1.2 million. Even the Big Bang Theory guys making a million episode. Even the Big Bang Theory cast. So, it's just kind of like, they really don't care. You take, you sort of, you take, you take what you can get. Yeah. You know? Take, you take what you can get. So it's just like, yeah, it sucks. Though personally for me, I just, I think the, not putting Batman on TV boils down to like they see him as a movie guy. Like Batman works better in a movie than a TV show. Because that's just how I see it. Like he's more of a film guy. Because like, there's certain characters you'll never see on TV. Like you're never going to see the Joker show up on a C- episode of the CW. But you'll see him in a Batman movie. You'll see him in Suicide Squad, but not a TV show. Because it wouldn't work. Yeah. Although, while on the subject of the Joker, full disclosure, man, I'm sick of the fucking Joker. Just, I am sick of seeing this character in every... Not just that, dude. I'm sick of seeing this motherfucker pop up every two or three years. Like, just, fuck's sake. Batman has a whole rogues gallery of villains. Why do we keep circling back to the same dude? Fuck sakes, man. Harvey Dent exists. Clayface exists. Although, Fucking. There is a reason for that, if you think about it. There's a very good reason for that. Which is. Two words. <sighs> Shit. It's the only reason why. I knew you were gonna go there, man. Just. They haven't quite gotten back to that, you know. I mean, the, Joaquin Phoenix was also an Oscar winner off that off playing the Joker. But it wasn't the same though. You know? Eight Legends is more impressive because, you know, he was the villain in a Batman movie, but Joaquin Phoenix was the main character in his movie. Like, he had a whole movie to play in. Eight Ledger had like a handful of scenes. Yeah. And they haven't quite been able to get there, man. They haven't quite been able to get back there in terms of the villain. Just overall quality. Uh, future Shogun here. No disrespect to the other DC villains. I mean, no disrespect to Bane, Riddler. Um, oh, full disrespect to fucking Lex Luthor. I mean, fuck that guy, man. That, that, 
I don't know what the fuck that was, man. What movie are you from? You are clearly not from the movie we are currently watching, which is PBS, dude. I mean, fuck right off back to whatever Looney Tune you was pulled out of. Anyway, uh, no disrespect to those people. I'm just saying, you know, uh, I'm just sick of seeing the Joker, man. We had like four different people play Joker in the last, what, 10 years? Heath Ledger. Uh, Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix, and now, what's his name? He was in Eternals. I can't remember his name. Dude. But it, it, that guy, you know, with the fucked up face. Not to mention on the TV screen, we've had Cameron Monaghan as Jerome and Jeremiah Velasco. So if you look at it that way, we've had six people play Joker in the last 10 years. I mean, no, we've had six Jokers in the last 10 years. We only had five people, but yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. The character's overexposed, man. There's only so much you can do with that character now. Shit. There's an entire rogues gallery, man. Where's Freeze at? Hmm? Can we get another Harvey Dent in here? I mean, I'm glad that the Batman got the Riddler. I mean, Paul Dano's Riddler was great. It shows we don't need to constantly bring up the, go back to the Joker. He's got an entire rogues gallery that can work. Sheesh, you keep circling back to this fool. I don't hate the Joker. I really don't. He's one of Batman's greatest villains. He's his nemesis for a reason. He's a fucking awesome character, but god damn. He has a rogues gallery for a reason. What kind of, he'd be a shitty superhero if he only ever had one main villain to fight. Fuck's sakes, man. I'm just looking at how... Because the director wanted to have 
this like huge shootout with lots of explosions and shit, but the budgets didn't allow for it, which is why Deadpool loses his guns. So, yeah. Fucking funny. Just because he won the fucking award doesn't give you license to be a fucking asshole. 
and then another like the chief comes in he's like what the fuck is going on like what's all this shit like there's so much swearing it's like laugh yeah fucking laugh motherfucker you keep laughing they'll give you a fucking risk management case just, why every two words is there a fuck or a shit like just can anyone just talk that's definitely it's definitely uh teenage humor dude because no one in reality swears that often Thank you. 
at that age, fucking Terry McGinnis should be around somewhere. Cause... At that age, Jacob's like 32 or something. He's like in his 30s. He's in his 30s and he's Batman. Not this weird ass timeline that they have. What a weird ass timeline. Yeah. Makes no sense. Hey, you see that trailer for um that Gotham Knights show? Like, um, where Bruce is someone killed. I think we spoke about that. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, do you remember, what do you think about the, the Joker's daughter thing? That's not even a thing, by the way. Like, that's not even a thing. Joker doesn't have kids. Like, also, okay, let's look at this from a logical perspective. Do you see any of the people who've played Joker in the past having a kid? Like, those people aren't even interested in women, you know? Okay, leave, leave Plato's one. But just jokers, they're anarchists. They only seek the destruction of the world. They don't care about these trivial, you know, human feelings. Lydia, he has a kid. What would you do? The fucking Joker is this anarchist symbol, dude. Like, Heath Ledger said it best. Like, no, Michael Caine's Alfred said it best. Like, some men just want to watch the world burn. He's that guy. He does not, he, there's no way he would stick around with someone long enough to have a kid. Yeah. Even, it's funny because that was established so long ago. thing it's like okay bruce wayne like batman is dead everyone knows bruce wayne is batman and that's about it like there's the immediate thing is like okay who killed batman not no one actually stops to linger on like yo bruce wayne is fucking batman it just it's like okay someone killed batman we need to find out who like no one takes a moment to be like second bruce wayne is fucking batman where's the headlines of that shit just where's the shark yeah uh jesus dude this is there was a better reaction when it was revealed peter parker was spider-man than it was that fucking batman was bruce wayne just and peter parker's just some guy like he's not famous he's just some guy just like, I definitely don't want to fail the writing, but, I mean, it's a billionaire, and he's a superhero. I would think there's some sort of corporate level of hush, of hushing going around. Like, don't talk about this, you'll affect the stocks, so shut up, you know? Yeah. In that sense, it makes sense, but again, I don't want to fail that horrible show. 
like Bruce Wayne owns it's not the Daily Planet, but like he owns a newspaper. So like I could see like in some runs he does yeah. he does own it. Like like Wayne Enterprises bought a uh, a media division. And part of that was acquiring Daily Planet. Yeah. And that could work to like shush up stories about the Batman. Like that will work. Exactly. But that's not established here. It's just oh, oh Batman is bad for business, so you're not gonna publish any stories about it. Exactly. And it's gonna be jarring. 
still need Black Cam to fight Shazam in the future. Yeah. Even though you're scrapping everything, you still need to enact a plan you put in place 10 years ago. Just when you cast The Rock. Just, did you know that The Rock is the longest serving like actor within the DCEU, despite not having a movie? He was cast three years ago. He was cast during his wrestling days. Fuck. When he still had that weird haircut. That weird Doom 2005 haircut. Uh, Remember Doom? Yeah, that wasn't bad. I was gonna move it. That wasn't bad. It felt like The Rock could, like, I mean, Carl Urban was the main character, sure, but like The Rock could definitely, you know, be an action guy. It did show that. That's true. And most importantly, it shows that the Widow's Peak works. Yeah, I think it's down to him not wanting to wear a wig. Or if he was good to wear a wig, like he would look ridiculous if he had it on. That's just like. And I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of that, but also, I want to suppose two chicken shoes to make him wear one. Yeah, like, just because it's pretty. Just because it's like, it'll, it'll, it'll look goofy. Yeah. Look, dude, we've had, we've had those helmets, we've had caps, you know, headpiece. The wings, you know, yeah. Good. It looks like it works, just do it. Someone's in a cage, just do it. It's in service of the character, just do it. Because what I see right now, what I see right now is the rock. It's just the rock. the rock. Like, there is a bald Black Adam run, but, you know, this is just the rock in a suit. It's not. But he still has elf ears. Yeah. He still maintains. He still looks like Black Adam. <laughs> exactly. They couldn't even give him elf ears. That's how chicken shit they were. Oh my god. Dude, dude, just also the, from the trailers that character's so ambiguous. This Exactly. Because you don't know if he's bad or good. Is he an anti-hero? Thing is like in that trailer there's that line where he, they were like, oh, heroes don't kill people. And he's like, Well I do. So I'm like, oh, okay, he's gonna be a villain and like this you know, Justice Society or whatever. They're gonna take him down, but then later on in the movie, he like saves this van from getting blown up by a missile, and it's like, so is he good or bad? It's what's going on here? What's this movie yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like now after that whole, well, where the hell have you been? No, pretty much like the terms. Yeah, but you know, there's. A... Oh yeah, look at this picture. Look at this picture of Rock. I would not mind this. Yeah, it works. Shit. It works. It does. It does. They're too scared. Oh my god. They couldn't even do the ears, dude. Like, she's just a dude at this point, man. Like, just. Some comic writer even drew Dwayne Johnson. Like, just in that one comic style. But they, you can still see that this Dwayne Johnson. But yeah. is betraying Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Like the way that this art looks, give him hair, and literally Dwayne had actual hair like this before he went bald. Yeah, he did. with hair like this. He had a widow's peak. Yeah. Jesus Christ. If they greenlit the movie when he had hair, it would have. Yeah. It would have worked. Like around the time of like Doom, it would have worked. And then it's 
some point, I think it was Fast Five that really had him thinking, this is the definitive old Dwayne Johnson. Uh-huh. Probably Fast Five. Yeah. That was, uh, hey, think about like that time period. I think it was after Period Seven where he like just kept the beard. Like he didn't shave. Like just, he just like kept that hot beard and people were like, hey, what gives, man? Like, why's The Rock leaving this big old beard on? Like just, Yeah. Dude, Hobbs is that Hobbs and Shaw movie. That's just The Rock. He's so far removed from who he was in Fast Five. Because if you remember, Fast Five dude was hunting them. Like, he's not trying to arrest them, he's after them. And he was a huge dick, too. Mm. Dude, just. Yeah, but now he's all jokey and shit, like just, you know, just, it doesn't make sense, you know? Exactly. I just, when I looked at that character versus what he's now, it's like back then it was like, Hobbs is not a person, he's like a force of nature. It, like even Brian is like, you know, when you wanted to catch somebody, like th- this is who you called, you know, like he was, he was hyping him up like that. But now it's, now it's just, hmm, he doesn't even do that anymore. Now you can knock over if you're big enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you're big enough, yeah, you can knock over, it's fine. Or if you're Idris Elba in that, that one Hobbs and Shaw scene, you could definitely take him, like, just... Yeah, or if you're Ben Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, again, contraction obligated. Mm-hmm. You're literally like... Fast way. 
isn't coming back. I remember hearing that. Like, he's not going to do another Fast movie. Because of, like, you know what? Yeah, and even when he said, like, man, this is, this is too much. Paul wouldn't have wanted this. Yeah. It's just too much, and it's a cash grab. Yeah. There was, um, there was this thing, like, speaking of, like, the Fast movies, uh, what is this thing? Oh, yeah. Dude, this made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I was like, man, fuck you, get out of here. There was this thing where like Vin Diesel was like, he was meditating, and um, it was right around the time like when he went to go meet John Cena. Like he was, like John Cena was coming up to meet him, and like Vin Diesel was meditating. And when he like he says when John Cena came into the room, like he could feel like the presence of, like he could sense the presence of Paul Walker. I was like, bullshit, man. Chosen, they chose Louis Leterrier 
the director of the Incredible Hulk and the Transporter. It's like, okay, I can see it. Okay, the director of the Transporter, sure, makes sense. But the, the, the guy who directed Incredible Hulk? Like, how does this... It wasn't bad. It wasn't, but like, kind of flat. It's such a shift. (laughs) You think that they would get another guy who, like, oh, he's directed movies similar to this, but like, really? That's who you went for? Like, huh? It's definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of like the first movies, um, in F nine. At any point when you were watching that movie, you know, you saw Tyrese, Ludacris, Mia, Mr. Nobody, you know, Ramsey and all that. At any point, did you think to yourself, where's Scotty's room? She was definitely surprised. When I saw her, I was like, wait, is, is that Scotty's room? Yeah, and the eighth one, like just... At any point during the ninth movie, were you asking yourself, why is he not in this movie? Or did you just like... (laughs) But also, why isn't he like one of the top, more more top-built people? I mean, he's not. I mean, I get him. Third moral. To be fair, dude, I mean, there's a lot of, like, more popular actors in that movie like even the woman who plays Ramsey she was on Game of Thrones and Ludacris I mean Ludacris was a rapper before all this but even he's more known than Scott Eastwood yeah yeah so in terms of billing yeah it makes sense that he wouldn't like be like one of the top billed guys Do you feel like that guy's career is much bigger than what it is, though? Eastwood? I think he just needs that one role. Like, that one big role that oh, like, yeah. tells Hollywood, like, hey. Game changer. Yeah. Because up until now, he hasn't had it. Like, he was in Suicide Squad, yeah. but can you remember his character's name? No. He was... He was Suicide Squad. Yes. Really? He was in Suicide Squad. Oh, he was, he was one of the guards, right? Yeah, he was one of what's his, he was one of Rick Flagg's guys. It just, he was there. Wow, that's forgettable. Fucking exactly. Like, he, like you'll see him. And he's and he's aging too, man. He's thirty six. He's getting he's high up there in the years. Dude, at this point. he's not spring chicken anymore. His role of thirty six. Yeah. Damn, he needs a good role fast. I mean, granted, you know, people like Morgan Freeman didn't become popular until they were like in their 50s. But still, Morgan Freeman was never an action guy. If Kent ever wants to secure an action role, he needs a game changer fast. Because mm-hmm. he's aging. Yeah. A game changer. Like he doesn't have a breakout role. Yeah. It is a proper movie that he stars in that I'm sad to say. Look, I'm sad to say this, but he needs a proper movie that's not directed by his dad. Yeah. He needs a breakout role where he is either supporting character or the main character. And he needs to be directed by a good director who understands true action. Yeah. 
that with um this one movie he was in it, it's trying to blend oceans 11 with fast and furious i can't remember the name but like dude you could tell what this movie was going for this movie wanted to be the next oceans 11 but with cars and it's just he's the leading man in that movie it's called overdrive yeah overdrive he's the leading guy but just like nah this movie stinks of like trying to cash in on the fast movies and it doesn't help that he's in the fast movies so just oh jeez he's gonna be in the 10th fast movie though Jesus his character still is unnotable how sad is that his character name is little I shit you not his character is little nobody like you know, he was the nobody, whatever. Oh, yeah, as in Stephen Corson, right? Dude, little nobody. Just, uh, like, give him a name, for fuck's sake. Jesus. Jesus Christ, dude, like, give his character a name. Don't have him be little nobody the whole film. Just. How sad, like, as, as a legacy actor. A legacy, yeah. It's literally a legacy actor. But this is where his career is, like 10 years down the line of first starting. That's good. But his first movie was, uh, where is it? Where is it? Let me see. It was like Grand Tree, you know, in like 2008. Yeah, he was just he's that deep. white dude. Like, 10 years deep. More than 10 years deep. Dude. And this is where his career is? Jesus Christ. And also, a crazy movie. Just had a faster rise to fame. Jason literally was in the transporter and what is it? Uh, what is it? Italian drum. Boom, he's famous. He's been in many movies. And look at where you are. Yikes. Yeah. Still, but I just he needs this dude needs to play Wolverine. Man, that'll make him just... Yeah, that will get him more roles. Because I think even people like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, they use their MCU roles to cut about their careers. Yeah. And Hemsworth is doing action movies now. Uh, Evans as well. You know, even Snowpiercer was like, oh, he's a pretty good Captain America. It's, you know, let's put him in a nice role. Snowpiercer, good. You know, Knives yeah. Out. A couple, couple more movies that I can't name right now. But he's been in some of these movies since being an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Same goes for Hemsworth. But I feel like, yeah, he, he needs the star power of the MCU yeah. to put his career. Like, the only person entered the MCU, like, fully. Like, not like a once-off cameo role. The only character who entered the MCU already super fucking famous was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yes, obviously, he was in Uh, Pulp Fiction. There's so many films he's been acting. Like just 
was a clear. I mean, it's gonna happen. She literally it's said, not like, yeah, she literally said, your presence caused the curse, and now you have to fix it. So we are going to see another universal set of heroes, which is most probably Hugh Jackman. I mean, for starters, we already know Garfield and Maguire are returning. That's been confirmed long ago. They are a set of heroes. We already knew that. But now it's just like, okay, we confirm Maguire and Garfield the wildlife. What about Jackman and Cody? Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of like, well, yeah, they just might, because if Stuart is coming back at this age, then please. James Marsden and Halle Berry, please. They're a shoe. They're a shoe. Fanco, uh, Fanco Jansen, they're a shoe. Yeah. Though it does tick me off that, um, that we have like three different Doctor Stranges and MOM, and they're all just Benedict Cumberbatch. Just. Jesus. It reminds me of Rhymey Strange. Dude. Which was so excellent because he was literally name dropped. Yeah. He was name dropped. Dude, he got. Dude. When I heard that Bruce Campbell had like a role in the movie, I'm like, he's gonna be one of the Doctor Stranges. It's just. It would have been nice. You know, it just. Having. You know. It kind of sells itself to that theory that, uh, okay, even though you had to be this uh, uh, sort of person who's either playing, uh, who's this ball of the brave or whatever, you can totally see him being a rhyming Stephen Strange. Yeah. But even with that, though, I guess it wouldn't technically work because I guess canonically he's always supposed to be putting back wearing disguises. Yeah. But then at the same time, they wanted Marquette Phoenix as Doctor Strange, so you can have him be the Rhyming Strange. Yeah, and well, you know how Joaquin Phoenix was like, he didn't want the role because he didn't want to come back for sequels. He could have been the Strange who died. This is a, exactly, this is, and and even even so, right, forget sequels. This would have been a one and done role, just yeah. to appease us, just like Krasinski, apparently. You know? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you want to come back for Secret Wars. We saw you were good. You could die, sure, but I think it wouldn't it wouldn't solve the fact that they believe America if it was played by anyone else other than Benedict. Because it only works when he sees himself. But yeah. if he's like a, another random Caucasian man in his outfit, it wouldn't like, have worked. How yeah. How does this prove anything? You know? Yeah, it, it would have been like you know this could be just some dude that you murdered. Like, how is it yeah. me? Like just. Okay, so we have a thing. He, he could have been probably the the finesse of Strange. Yeah. Because we know he's not the trailer was like, oh my god, oh my god, that's what it's strange. Yeah, that's like one line. Dude, Marvel did it again. They did it again, dude. You remember? Because the thing is, you remember Far From Home? When the trailer came out, we were like, and like Mysterio was like, uh, this is, he's like, I'm from Earth so and so. This is Earth 666. Marvel played us because they knew that we'd see into the Spider Verse and we were willing to accept the idea of a multiverse. So they played us in that movie. They did it again on fucking Multiples of Madness because they knew that we'd seen What If and we were waiting for like Strange to come out. Like just. Uh, Since he's watching the thing, I mean, 
that um yeah, we would be it, it would be tough to mm. see him in either a multiversal crossover or a Doctor Strange movie. I just feel like that character he was introduced and so far he's he's been squandered. He's so OP. Yeah. It's just it's just um do you think multiples of madness you think having to watch wandavision to understand wanda's arc kind of hampers multiples of madness so if you didn't see wandavision yeah. could you possibly like get into multiples of madness well i'd say you wouldn't understand as much You wouldn't understand like, oh, okay, this is, these people are important because we've already seen them. I guess you wouldn't really understand yeah. if you hadn't seen them. Yeah. Just, uh, like random kids, like, okay, we haven't seen these kids before. Why is, is, is this trouble important? Why is she caring so much? Yeah, because in some of the movies, the last time anyone saw Wanda, she was still breathing vision. And like, oh, she's over this now? Okay. She's, she wants kids now? Like, okay, she's evil now? Like, what happened? Just... Which is weird because, okay, there's one glaring plot hole. One glaring plot hole, my guy. At the end of WandaVision, it's Wanda in the cabin in Sokovia, and she's using the dark hole to scan different dimensions. And her kids are visibly, quite audibly crying out for help. So why did she not go to reality where those kids are in danger? Where did that plot point head off to? Because the only reason she discovered her kids existed in the multiverse was when they cried out for help. So why the fuck does MOM start with them in a reality where they're happy and they have their own wonder? It doesn't make sense because them saying mom help sounds like they're in a reality where they remember that this this universe is wanted is their mother and now they're in danger <laughs> the theory is flying people were like oh Kathon has a Mephisto or another version of Agatha there were so many theories it gave me some like, interesting interesting theories like oh Wanda has to save her kids from this demon or this one or this villain all for it to conclude and Wanda going into another Wanda's reality those kids are happy and fulfilled. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? That movie creates its own plot hole and then tries to like paste over it when like Wong asks, you know, you know draining America's power will kill her. Why don't you just ask her to like send you to the universe where your kid are alive and you can just like live there? And Wanda's reply is, what if they get sick? What if, you know, like... It would have been so much better if they had one played into the fact that the last time we saw her she heard her kids were in danger okay cool she finds a reality where the kids are in danger but she's no match for Kathan or Mephisto or whoever it is so she uses the dark hope to make herself more powerful and with that it corrupts her so now she has to choose between keeping her keeping her sanity and humanity or saving her kids and being crazy so that would have been such a much a much more compelling movie so much so it won't be gone because now you actually have wanda using her power using the dark old for good for an actual good reason 
to save her kids, which are which are in legitimate danger, not stealing her kids that are satisfied and happy from another reality. It made no sense. You, at least in this version, you would have had her using her powers and the Darkhold for an understandable reason. An understandable reason. Yeah. It's like, um, in this movie, The, the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, this team of astronauts travels, like, they activate this particle of Sonarator and it takes them into another, like, another universe. And, you know, there's, like, some debate amongst the team of, like, because they look at their lives in this parallel universe and, like, one of them, like, the one woman, like, because in her world, she lost her kids, someone, like, her kids died. She's all alone. But in this world, like, oh, her kids are alive and well. And, like, she really wants to, like, stay here. But everyone's like, nah, we, we need to go back. We need to, like, get back to our own universe. But she really wants to stay in a world where her kids exist. But that raises this question, like, okay, sure, your kids exist. But there's also another version of you there. Like, what are you going to do, Sean? You're just going to kill them? Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. MLM could have been so much better. You could have been so much better. Had they actually thought it out. And it's even the fact that Grimey said that he never saw one division. Well, that is there's a box. Definitely the case with a box. Uh-huh. Uh, he explained so much. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. You know, it would work better if... Personally, I think the movie would have worked if it was just a straight-up Doctor Strange sequel instead of a WandaVision continuation. You know, like, yeah. wrap up that plot line of Strange, of, like, Mordo training people. You know, he's the main villain. Strange has got to stop him. You know, yeah. that's that would have made... Although, yeah. if that's the case, then it wouldn't have been called Mordo was a madness. Yeah, it would have been... It just would have been Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. Don't do the multiverse magic. You've already done that. Loki broke the multiverse. Fucking No Way Home, you know, dabbled in the multiverse a little bit. Uh, fucking What If broke the multiverse. A, a bunch of shows. If they truly wanted to, if they truly wanted to, I guess, honor the character of Wanda that we saw in WandaVision, you would have had Wanda's old movie, The Scarlet Witch, multiverse of madness whatever it is and then you have it literally being a one division sequel white vision kazan the dark hold with the doctor strange cameo of, after all it is the same universe mm-hmm. same battle that strange has stop wanda and all, all of these people you see you see the multiverse you see reed you see all these characters but it's a wonder maybe so we see more wanda and we see more multiverse yeah. You don't even need America, honestly, you don't. Because Wanda alone herself as an extra being with the Darkhold's power should have enough power to, you know, harm realities. And let's be honest here, is after all, America Chavez in that movie is a human MacGuffin. Just... She is. She is. She is, I learned that shit out. Uh, we'll see her again. Yeah, uh, we will, but like, dude, I, I learned that word from the weirdest place, man. Like, just, 
for years. I thought McGuffin was like some kind of McDonald's meal or something. I don't know. Like, oh my God. Like a McMuffin or something. I don't know. I said they go, a McGuffin, a McGuffin. What the fuck is a McGuffin? And I was watching Teen Titans Go, and um, there was this episode where like Robin was like teaching the, the like teaching the students how to do and like. Like that other 
on Burgundy movies and uh, the whole trial of them. Yeah, good one. This is that that ad that he was talking about, like it works like uh, sixty percent of the time, hundred percent of the time, which is bad. Jeez, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> uh, so true. That movie was good, dude. Hey, Will Ferrell's a funny motherfucker. Like, just not just him, but that whole yeah. cast, dude. That movie's so well cast. Vince Vaughn, Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, Will Smith was there too. Kanye West was there too. That's the second one, mind you. Liam Neeson was there. Uh, what about the French speaking Quebec news? I remember that. Oh, Jim Carrey was there. And um, I can't remember her name, but she was in Inception and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, she was there too. Um, so many fucking cool people were there. And Vince Vaughn was there too. Though, honestly, that role, I'm like, that's the first, I think that's the only role in Vince Vaughn's entire filmography. I'm like, you know, I think Johnny Knoxville could have played that role. I think that's the entire movie. That's like, there's no other role in the history of roles where I've looked at this character and thought, you know, Johnny Knoxville could have played that, you know? Just, I'm sorry, that's, you know, that was just my little side note there. Just wanted to, you know, chime in a bit. Oh, I love Liam Neeson's line of like, or uh, uh, the History Channel, because history is also news, only much, much later. Like, this is, that was good. That was, that was nice, man. <laughs> it's nice to see Liam Neeson doing shit other than rescuing a daughter or uh, avenging a wife or getting revenge on people who turned on him. It's cool to see Liam Neeson outside of that action space of a slew of Taken movies. Just... It's kind of late to be cashing in on his status as the guy from Taken, dude. I mean, Taken 3 came out years ago. Come on. Hey, man, like, just... I don't think... It was... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joke. shit. Point yeah. break. That's yeah. definitely. You got a mean swing. Point break. Oh <laughs> uh, damn. Uh, but I actually yeah. busted out this one um, Avengers reference during this one, like in between classes, like we were going all the way between classes, and this chick had this dress on, dude. It looked like a curtain, man. Like just, it looks like you just made a, a dress out of a curtain. And I did that, uh... Oh, that... You, doth mother know. Yeah, doth mother know thou weareth her drapes? And she looks at me like, what? Like, what is that? Like, just, like, you, you don't know that, you don't know what that is? Like, oh, come on, man. Like, just... Damn. Yeah. Oh, dude, just... <laughs> it, it looked at me like I was crazy. Like, just like, why would... She literally asked me, why would someone wear drapes? Just, no, you're, you're taking it literally. That's just... not the point. That's not the point. Yeah, Oh, shit, dude. Uh, but there was one chick where, like, it actually made me smile when she got a reference I made. She, she had this, like, neck brace on. And then, like, she was sitting in front of me. And, like, and she turned. She had to, like, shift her whole body to talk. Whatever, whatever. And then I said, like, uh, I made a reference. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I hope you don't have to, like, keep... You don't have to keep turning around your whole body like Tim Burton's Batman or something. And she was like, <laughs> good. I'm like, wait, you got that? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? I was just like, 
Fucking yes, finally. <laughs> like someone right. caught my shit. Just, oh, yeah. oh. Speaking of Batman, you see Keaton's bat suit for the Flash. Yeah, it's slightly different. It's it's, it's kind of the same suit that they have for for Batgirl. Yeah, you know, it's fine. It it definitely seems like the natural progression that that suit would go. Yeah. But I like. I mean, uh, I don't know. Do I like the fact that they've removed the semi-realistic abs in in favor for like you know robotic abs? Not really, but I get it. It's more. It's more uh, sort of like. It's more utilitarian. What? Militaristic? I mean, like. Yeah, 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 pretty much. But with um, oh yeah, I heard this thing. Um, George Clooney's Batman suit with the nipples. It's it's yeah, on sale for like forty thousand. Just utilitarian, basically. Yeah. It's more utilitarian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it makes sense. Makes not sense. Like, oh, these look like human abs. That's that's not protection. That makes doesn't no make sense. sense. Just. Oh, jeez. Why does the suit have abs it's on just, the outside? Just, it's just stylistic. Yeah. Uh, so many yeah. things. Another question, why is the suit blue in Batman and Robin? Just, I get that he was blue in the old <laughs> comics, but, like, why is he blue? Just... I mean, that's the thing, because the show microphone wanted to capture the zaniness of the 50s, 60s comics. You know, the whole... Uh, Batman makes these fourth wall jokes. He has zany gadgets like shark repellent and the bad card and skates and rollerblades. It's a very much 60s comic comic book Batman. Which brought to life. Which is which is essentially what Adam West Batman was. Yeah. That's that's what bothered me, man. Like we already have that. We have Adam West Batman. We don't we don't need that here. Like just the whole reason this Batman is successful is because it's not Adam West Batman. Just... Mm-hmm. I guess you didn't see that. Yeah. Though, this is interesting. I remember I asked, um, you know, dude, and um, like there was apparently talk back then after Batman and Robin didn't make the kind of money they wanted. It's like there was discussion like, let's take Batman into a new light. Let's adapt the, the Dark Knight Batman. Like, have him be this grizzled veteran, like, fighting crime, like, more brutally, basically. They wanted to release it. It was sometime between Batman Begins, but after Batman and Robin. Do you think if they'd made that movie, like, back then, like, between those two, between those time periods, would it have worked? Given where comic movies were at that point. That's tough. Maybe. Mm. It depends on the tone. What do you mean? Like, it depends on what kind of tonality they want to go for. Like, you know the, the Dark Knight Return story, like, uh, Batman, like, yeah. comes out of retirement, Cause, and, you know, just... Yeah, because you can, you can do that on a PG-13 level, and on really? Just I don't. You know, so like it. Like I, I mean, the comic was good. I enjoyed the cartoon as well. Yeah. But for most of that, it kind of requires R. 
but yeah. PG is not bad at all because the cartoon worked. It worked. Obviously, there were some elements, you know, removed, but it worked. Yeah, so the, um, the, the big, the tall, busty chick with swastika tattoos on her nipples just had to go in that cut. <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah, no, you can't have that, you know, you can't have kids looking at that, that's crazy. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Oh, shit. Thing is, with, like, okay, let's bring in a dark and gritty Batman, but he's gonna be PG. It's just... It kind of neuters the thing, you know, just... Why have him be dark and gritty if you're going to be PG? Just... Yeah, I mean, you could, you could probably fight for, like, a, a 16. Yeah. You know? 16 is also not bad. But to properly, like, you know, if, adapt... If yeah. If a movie's 16, everyone goes, they don't care. I remember I watched uh, Twilight New... What is it? New Moon. And the radio was 16. I was like, fuck that. I'll say I'm 16, you know? Yeah. No one asked my ID. And I went and I watched it, and it was 16. But at that point, you were like, what? You were like 12, 13? Yeah, right. But I watched right. it. So 16 is good enough to sort of avoid the senses, but also low enough to where everyone can see it. Yeah. 18 definitely requires an ID. Even like with games, you know, games, alcohol, 18 requires an ID. But 16, man. Uh, you could sort of cheat 16. Yeah. Thing and is, still have some more darker elements. Yeah. The question that are is. That the of making the movie better. Yeah. I mean, because after Batman and Robin, we had movies like X Men and Sam Raimi's Spider Man. With, you know, those movies being, you know, making that money and being like, oh, superhero movies can be serious. If DC had come out with, like, a dark and gritty. Batman that's like hard R it would have been I don't know I don't want to say it's not what people would want but like it's certainly it would be like out of nowhere it would be exactly it would certainly be up that up that alley yeah Dude, I remember the like the casting, like some of the names. Like at one point, they wanted Clint Eastwood as Batman. Like I'm just like, what? Like Clint Eastwood as been... Batman? Like just. And the thing is, Clint Eastwood has been playing a cowboy in many movies all his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of that thing, where he's a he's a good actor, but he's mostly been a cowboy. And now you have to imagine a Batman cowboy, which kind of works. Let's think about it. Clint's glare, that's pretty Bruce Wayne. It's pretty Bruce. Okay, it's pretty Batman. But when Bruce Wayne is on acting as his Bruce Wayne self, that's... it's pretty Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, I couldn't... It's it's not that I can't see Clint Eastwood as Batman. It's that I can't see Clint Eastwood as Bruce Wayne. That's what... That's the thing where I'm like... That's the thing, because he's maybe. a cowboy. Just, yeah. You can't see Clint cutting loose. He's too serious. Yeah. Maybe as like the I... old man Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond... With, like, Ted yeah, McGinnis out there. Like, sure, he could do that. But, you know, just... Yeah, he, he would yeah. do excellently as a Batman beyond Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, he's not in the suit throwing punches, but he's, like, you know, the guy in the chair. You know, giving directions. Yeah, he's, he's advising. Yeah, he would definitely yeah. be that guy. I think younger Clint, like, before his cowboyness, 
know. Like, I definitely see what you mean. He's way too serious for Bruce. Yeah. I definitely see what you mean. You're a dude, like, I fucking laughed at another of the names. Like, at one point, they yeah. actually called Pierce Brosnan, and they're like, do you want to play Batman? I'm like, what? You called up you know James what? Bond to be like, do you want to be Batman? If, <laughs> if Pierce put on a lot of muscle, not a lot, like, just enough, uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at it. He's yeah. definitely more Bruce Wayne than Keaton. It could have worked. Yeah. My problem is yeah. the accent, though. It's, he doesn't have a thick Irish accent. It's just... He's exactly. got an accent. And also, it depends yeah. on how good his American accent is. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's definitely a sticking point. But hey, it could have worked. Which probably... Which probably isn't as good if you've never heard it in a movie. Mm-hmm. For the mere fact that he's, he's only taken roles where he maintains being a Welsh-British guy... Uh, yeah, it shows he doesn't have much confidence in his accent. Yeah, dude, it just, that would that movie would have been wild though. We know this much. That movie would have been wild if they. Remember, they also wanted Mel Gibson. Dude, <laughs> that was so weird. What the fuck? Yeah, I think I think that was mostly down to Mad Max, because. You know, Mel was in Mad Max. It made X amount of money. I think they were like his star power alone will, like, bring this movie. Will like bring shots and seats. Yeah. Oh shit. Hey, but dude, there would have been some I mean, backlash, like young, there, dude. I mean, look at this. Thirty, thirty-one year old Mel. I'll send you a picture of him. He definitely looks as Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne will ever get. Like, just look at that picture. He's about the most Bruce Wayne-iest man. Yeah. That dude is straight out of the comic point. book, man. Like, you know, not even joking. Straight out of the comic. He, he has could definitely play that Bruce Wayne. Literally, Wayne-y he has he has the facial shape. He has the chin. He has the eyes. He has the hair. He, has, he even has the hairline. Mm-hmm. That square yeah, and, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. and he can he do the physical stuff face. too. Keep in mind, he did Mad Max, Lethal Weapon, just... Exactly. And when it comes to him being a Playboy-esque guy, that's definitely, that definitely screams Bruce Wayne in the Maldives. Yeah. This picture. Yeah, that's definitely it, dude. He could definitely, he could have played that role back then. Shit. This is the other side of the conversation. The one that I couldn't record because my recording device was running out of batteries and I just had to use another device. So if it sounds loud at the same time muffled, this is why. Man, I miss Fox. They weren't up there with Warner Bros and, you know, Disney, but they weren't trying to be though, man. They were just like that option C, you know? They were there with Universal, and then they were that option C. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't want MCU or DCE, you could tune into Fox's X Men. You know, uh, now it's all MCU. Shit. So Disney, Star Wars. Yep, Star Wars. You remember that weird point? I think it was 2018, 2019. 
19 yeah it was 18 yeah when um like sony and you know disney and them the negotiations fell through and they were like fuck it we're taking spider-man <laughs> like there was this discussion that was like oh this is just gonna encourage disney to buy sony like no disney's got money but not that kind of money come on now i mean they do they can buy them just a would it make sense plus i think i think the courts would stop them because there's there's a certain point where a company uh is allowed to be such such a monopoly yeah because even with the fox deal that one had a lot of like legal red cash. tape yeah yeah like the legal the legal tape was like okay you're buying this company for 52 billion dollars are you allowed to do this another movie studio you know, you already have Star Wars, you already have this, now you want that. It's a sub. Yeah. Disney can now make sequels of Fox, of, of Fox movies. Not just like Marvel property, but any Fox property that ever existed. Disney can now make a sequel to that. They own the IP. So crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so weird though, man. Like, just to see it. Weirdly, the Simpsons foreshadowed this shit. <laughs> In two different ways, dude. Like, there was an episode of The Simpsons and The Simpsons movie where they foreshadowed, like, Disney coming in. Because there was this episode where it was like, I think it's in the future, and it showed at Fox Studios, and underneath the 20th Century Fox logo, it said, A Walt Disney Company. I was just like, ish. Like, I, when I saw it, I was like, ha ha, like, funny, whatever, whatever. That doesn't mean anything. That was just a joke. No way they could have seen that. But then in the Simpsons movie, like, Bart, like, had, like, this bra on his head that looked like the Mickey mascot, like, like the Mickey Mouse ears. And he was like, I am the mascot of an evil corporation. Like, just, oh, dude. With the benefit of hindsight, that's just like, <laughs> I mean, you are now. I mean, you're one of them, so shit. Ah. The Simpsons have certainly. I don't know, they're not what they used to be, man. Let me say that. They ain't what they used to be. I mean, they're still fine in certain aspects. Uh, but the writers have shuffled so many times that the show is genuinely not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Quality and tone. Yeah, man. <sighs> it's unfortunate. It, uh, that it is. That it is. What, personally, when I say, oh, future Shogun popping in here. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that a lot in this episode, I think. I don't do that a lot in other episodes. Try to do that in the Zack Snyder's reboot. Batman vs Superman. No, no, no. It was actually just sleep. I was doing that episode. I filmed that episode with my little edits jumping in and out, in and out, in and out, and all that stuff. But that episode was lost, unfortunately. That is a lost episode, and I have not been able to recover it. But whatever. I just wanted to say, in terms of like tone and quality with regards to The Simpsons, I mean, of course that's happened. All the original writers are like, you know, they've been, you know, the writers have been swapped in, swapped out, whatever. You know, change that original team is largely gone and in terms of like the tone i meant like, oh like you know i think it's like um the fact that 
Homer was a pretty self-destructive dude. Like he had a lot of destructive aspects to his personality, but even in those days he would use, he would be able to properly utilize those aspects of his personality to help his family and like, you know, be a good dude. You know, he used his self-destructive nature for good. Now it's like Homer is a guy who has destructive aspects of himself and that's that, I guess, you know, like, does it help his family? Sometimes. Does he mean to help his family when he does that? Sometimes. More often than not, sometimes it makes things worse. But like, you know, it's mostly Marge stepping in to make safe from what I've seen. But like, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of episodes that just don't matter. You know, in the past, you know, episodes meant something, man. Like, they were trying to tell you something, or they were canon and they would be referenced in a later episode, but nowadays there's a lot of episodes of The Simpsons that don't mean shit. You could skip a whole bunch of them. Like, you could watch the first episode of a season, and then watch, or you could watch the first three episodes and watch the last three episodes and not really miss anything. So, yeah. I still love The Simpsons, don't get me wrong. They were a kick-ass show, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I miss Fox. I miss Fox and Simpsons. That's all I gotta say. Chiming back out. Three, two, one. But with um, all that's gone on, it's just, um, yeah, I can feel my face is starting to hurt. So I might have to wrap this up. Uh, Final thoughts, man. My face is stuck. I'm laughing so much, dude. Like my face is starting to hurt. You know, like just like when your muscles cramp up and shit. But just yeah. Oh. Final thoughts. Yeah, it's pretty. It's good. That definition of what it, what it is to be a man has changed. Because it allows everyone to be a man in the way that they want to. Future Shogun popping back in here. In terms of providing context, uh, the be a man thing that seemingly just comes out of nowhere is in relation to a Carling Black Label ad that I saw where this dude was like chasing down this horse and he manages to like catch it and he puts it back in the stable and then the ad just ends with be a man. You know, I mean, I extrapolated that to mean like uh, tame the beast within or some kind of shit, like, uh, which is contradictory because it's a beer commercial. Like, how the fuck is beer going to tame the beast within? If anything, it's gonna, like, let him out. Just thought I felt like it's that weird little gap in there, you know? Anyway, uh, back to the show with three, two, one. Absolutely. You don't really have to participate in this certain idea of being this and looking like that. As long as you're doing these things that are outlined, you're good. Yeah. This is quote, um, like I want to end off with this quote I saw by Shakespeare, of all people. He said, um, a fool thinks himself to be wise. A wise man knows himself to be a fool. I just... That... Just... That's from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, dude. Just... Bro. Yeah. He was a man... Well, beyond his years. 
podcast. Mm. Shows, man, we're still talking about him. We wouldn't be doing that if he wasn't. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, as always, man, it's it's fucking it's fucking awesome talking with you. You know, like just, and that is appropriate use of the word fuck, by the way. You notice we didn't drop it every couple sentences. Just this is David Boyer shit. Dude. Uh, and people want to see, like, the director's cut of, like, Suicide Squad. I'm just like, nah. I'm good. More F-bombs, definitely. You know. You know. Just, like, nah, I'm good, man. Just the one we got. Yeah, you know, they're kind of safe with gun. They're safe. Yeah. Uh, they're they're so far. Yeah. I mean he opens so much like, so I don't know I don't uh people like campaigning that oh gun should be the he should be the the the, the killer fight. Then he himself died, he was like fuck no. You know how much work that is? Yeah. I'm gonna do that. And it's true. It's true. Yeah. He was like, I don't have the time for that. The time or patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I guess Zack Snyder will do for now. You know, I don't know if he's still there, but hey, he's doing. Yeah, he's pretty gone. He's a Netflix now. Yeah, and doing that, working on that King Arthur movie, which will be interesting. Yeah. Sci-fi show. Yeah, and that sci-fi show with Anthony Hopkins is a robot. Is of all people. Yeah. It will be interesting. I will say this much. It will be interesting to see. Just, just, just where it cost you a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There have been, dude, there have been so many fucking King Arthur movies and Robin Hood and, like, just, but. Which is weird because why is that property popular? Every, if you haven't seen a movie, like you know the, the premise of King Arthur and the sword, so just. <laughs> but then again, I mean, everybody knows fucking what's this Jack and the Beanstalk, and we don't have like a litany of Jack and the Beanstalk movies. Just... Which is weird, because that story has potential. I mean, not a lot, but you can take some creative liberties. Could you spin sequels out of a Jack and the Beanstalk movie? Never. Exactly. It's a one-off, dude. Like, it's a one-off story. Like, just, there's no... It's just a bit like... Yeah. Okay, the story starts, or he ends. It's like, that's the battle. You can't go... Yeah, you can't go, like, farther. Yeah, you can't, like, at the end reveal, ah, the witch survived, like, no. You know, because if it survives, like, what's the next movie about? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, like, yeah, revenge story. Yeah, you can't make a movie out of that. Like, you can have a scene, but not a movie. Yeah. Just, Very interesting. It's a lot of thing, like so many King Arthur and Robin Hood. Like you remember Taron Egerton's Robin Hood movie? 
Like, and before yeah. that, it was Russell Crowe. Like, and like it wasn't needed. Like no one asked for it. Like it, it, it just happened. Mm-hmm. That movie gave off heavy Dark Knight vibes. Like it tried to make Robin Hood Batman. It just, it doesn't work. You know, because Batman goes out into the streets to fight crime. He's not going out, like, stealing from the rich, giving to the needy. He's just just fighting crime. So, yeah. It doesn't work making Robin Hood more like Batman. I think also it's the Green Arrow effect. Yes. That's... Like people will see that and just think, no, they're just copying Green Arrow. Green Arrow, you know, you know, Robert Hood has to be like all of a Green character. He has to be pretty, and and he 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 never He's serious. No, Robert Hood should be like the Robert Hood is trick. That's Robert Hood. Really, that character was kind of a joke, man. Just. Robin Hood. Robin Hood is very jokey. He's very like, ah, he's very pompous. You know, he has lots of pomp and he's, yeah. I mean, that's what I see him as. You see him in that green outfit with the hat and the tights. Yeah, and yeah, the taco hat. I mean, obviously, in the real world, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't really be tights. It would be like fabric fashion from, I don't know, some animal skin. Because again, it's the Middle Ages. But I see him being a very different character than Oliver Queen of all people. Uh, just and I feel out of the out of those Robin Hood movies, like the studio was really angling for a universe out of that Taron Egerton one. Because definitely there was. I shit you not, dude. There were plans for Robin Hood in 2099. Like, what the fuck? Oh my god. That's not gonna work. Like, for one main reason, in the future, they have guns. Just, sorry, dude. You're a guy with a bow. It's not gonna work. Sorry, dude. Just. It's not even like with Green Arrow, who has like trick arrows and whatnot. He's just a guy. Oliver is a fucking billionaire who gets trained on an island. 
which version you saw, like Robin Hood of Locksley is just like, you know, a common man who decided to become a vigilante, or he's like a, a rich guy who joined the crusade, or just like, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, before I go, I must ask you, um, I was rattling around like this idea back in my head. I was like, okay, since studios are trying to do like Robin Hood movies and King Arthur movies, I'm like, who do you think would win if we ever got like a Robin Hood versus King Arthur movie? Like who would win in a fight between Robin Hood and King Arthur? Your shogun coming back in. <laughs> oh shit. Um. Yeah. So that was that. And yeah. You know. 
I have um, been the Shogun. This has been the SW Experience Podcast. And here we go. Oh